0: Awesome. It is so cool to have Kyle and Candice and with us literally from the time we launched and, and here through all those years. And, uh, and it is. It's uh, to have partners, to have relationships with each other, um, connecting with God with what he's doing in the world. And so um, if, you're, if you haven't been with us, we're in this series called From the Old to the New. And uh, the reason we're doing this is because we usually encourage people, especially if you're new in the faith, to read the New Testament, to read the life, which is the life after Christ, when Jesus Christ came and what he's done. Because sometimes the Old Testament can be kind of confusing. But when you read the New Testament, there are all these words and phrases and meanings that if you don't actually go back to the Old Testament, you don't really know what, they, what they're there for and, and the significance of those. So that's what we've been doing. So we kick this whole thing off by doing just an overview of the Bible, of the Old Testament. And what you see from the very beginning... Is that when God created us, when God created humankind, he was looking for a relationship with his people. Now, very early on in the, in the scripture, the world breaks. Sin enters, and humankind gets separated from God. And because of that, it's a mess. And when you read the Bible, it's part of the reason I like reading the Bible, and part of the reason I believe in our faith is because the Bible is really honest about how messy it is and how messy people are, and how much struggle there is, and how much strife there is, and how much pain there is, and how much suffering there is in the world. So God's plan is to find people that he can call his own, people who will get connected, get reconciled back to him so that he'll actually be with them, and they will be with him. And Jesus told us something. He said, my father's always at work. And I, too, am working. So when you and I get connected back to God, then he finds people who join him to bring, as Jesus called it, the kingdom of God to earth. What is happening in heaven can actually come to earth with any human being that will connect their life with God. And so because of that and because of the news, anybody else read the news again this morning? And tragedy, again, happening Hostility happening, suffering happening, loss of life, and grief are happening right now. And so it's it's always been this way. But so I just want to take a moment and I want to pray for us because the hope would be by the time we're all done in here is that all of us who have saying... I am connected to God. I actually believe in Jesus, that we would be reminded that Jesus is saying, okay, great, thanks for coming to church. Thanks for being here. But the whole reason you're here is to connect with me so we can go out there. Amen? Amen. Let's connect with him in here so that we'll go out there with him. And if, and if you aren't a follower of Christ yet, I hope you'll hear that in this message today. That God loves the world, everyone in the world. And the way he loves the world is through us, through people who will get connected back to him. All right, let's pray together. Father, I just want to acknowledge again, we praise you and we worship you. We're here today because you're good. Because all of your ways are actually right. All of your ways actually bring life and pleasure, love and peace and joy, all that's good. So we're coming to you today. God, I also want to come to you on behalf of those who are suffering today. The loss of loved ones, family members, friends, coworkers. Those who are in the hospital right now, injured, battling for their life. And we come to you because you say you're the God of all comfort. Who can comfort those who are in this type of pain. And I ask on their behalf right now, all of us do. God, we lift them to you. And we say, would you move into this tragedy one more time? Make your presence real. May there be peace that doesn't make sense. May you give strength beyond human capacity. And may, God, you bring healing to those who are in the hospital. And Lord, again, would you take something horrific and would you use this now to bring your goodness God, move your church, move your people, move us today. And now I just want to pray for us, God, as we're in this place. Because you're here. You you say, when you're gathered in my name, you're here. So we thank you for that. This whole thing we've been looking at, the presence of God is with his people. And so, God, I just ask now that you help me to be faithful, to deliver your truth. But I ask mostly that you would help us to have open hearts, open the eyes of our hearts, so we can see you, so we can understand And so we can walk out of here different. And I pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So, again, we started off with that. And then a few of the things we've looked at in the series. Covenants. We've looked at covenants. Marriage is a covenant. But God made covenants with his people. And it was a binding covenant. And the beautiful thing is Derek taught us that in the Abrahamic covenant, God was saying, you, I'm going to be your God. You're going to be my people. But I'm going to make sure. I'm going to do it even when you're unfaithful. I'm absolutely committed to you. I want you to be with me. Last week we looked at the whole idea of atonement, which means to have a covering over our sin. That God's presence was with the Israelites, but they couldn't get close to him because they were sinful. And so God provided, again, because he wants to be with his people. He wants you to be with Him. He wanted to be with them. And so he provided an atonement, a sacrifice, so your sins could be forgiven and you could be reconciled back to God. And then we looked at Jesus Christ, who that's the whole reason he came, was to offer his life as a sacrifice of atonement, so we could be at one with God. Now, but here's what it is, you guys. It's a, it's a relationship, though. So God does all these beautiful things for His people, but today what we're going to look at is there are, last week there were sin offerings and guilt offerings where you would be atoned for your sin, but today we're going to look at three other offerings that were in the Old Testament that God actually put together, and they're offerings that people would give freely so they could connect with God, so they could just show God that they loved Him. So as i thought about this, it really is just like a good marriage, (laughs) It's like a good marriage. I was meeting with a couple this week, and they actually asked me that. They said, hey, the couples that you meet with who are really doing great and their marriage is awesome, why is that? And I said, it's really simple, actually. And it actually is. It's it's hard, but it's simple. If I care more about Susie and if I give everything I have to lay down my life for her and offer her all that I am, and if she cares more about me than herself and offers all that she is to me, if we do that guess what that's a good marriage there you go there's your marriage counseling for, for the, the next year seriously it's almost that simple And so, but here's what's crazy is the Bible tells us that marriage is a picture of Christ and the church marriage is actually a picture of our relationship with him and so when we gather together to worship him part of what we're doing is we're going I'm here I, I'm here and I think you're here To receive from God. Anybody want to receive from God today? Okay, a little rumble, that's good. Um, Because he loves you, and he wants to pour into you. And actually, when you worship God, you go, God, I, I want you. I want all that you are. And he says, I want to give you all that I am. And that's fantastic. But at the same time, when you worship, you receive from God, but you also offer yourself to God. There's no good relationship that isn't reciprocal that way. You must receive fully, and you must give fully. So here, here's kind of where we're going today. Jesus actually said this um, to his father. He said, all you have is mine, and all I have is yours. So if you've got your program, or you've got the app, you can pull up the K2 app, here's, where, here's what we're thinking today, is, is as in the Old Testament, and what Jesus has accomplished for us, is we can say, "All God, all you have is mine. All you have is mine. In the same time, and all I have is yours. I'm all yours. All right? Because it's about this relationship. So we're going to look at three different offerings where this showed in the Old Testament. And then we're going to look at how those actually can be applied to us today. All right? Here's the first one. Burnt offerings. One of the sacrifices that were offered were burnt offerings offerings and when and when people in in israel would offer burnt offerings they were saying god all of me i'm giving you all of me so in a sense the burnt offering is the most complete offering that you could actually give during this time it eventually was given every morning and every evening every morning and every evening burnt offerings were happening and then they were, they were told, and don't let the fire ever go out. So this idea of being all gods, was supposed to you were supposed to wake up in the morning, all of me, at the end of your day, all of me, and that fire never ends. Now, the reason this sacrifice is a little different than the other ones is because in every other type of offering, you would give a small portion to be burnt on the altar... And then the rest would usually be consumed by the priests who were actually providing the service. But with the burnt offering, it was the only one that was entirely consumed. When you presented this animal as a sacrifice, every piece of it was burnt up. And then, and God says, and it's an aroma that's pleasing to the Lord. When someone would offer All of them, the burnt offering saying, God, here's all of me. It says it was an aroma that was pleasing to the Lord. Now, why did they do this? Why were they given this? Because again, you do a sin offering, you do a guilt offering. It's like, okay, God completely forgives me. And that's great. But this offering was now I want to draw near to the Lord. This offering, the symbol of total, complete submission to the will of God, where everything is burned up. All of me, all I have is yours. So, they would do that on a regular basis so that they could be close to God. So they could be one with him. So, what does that mean for us today? Okay? Because you guys, when you show up here, right? We don't have an altar up here. We're not grabbing a calf or a goat and gutting it and killing it and burning it. And most of you are like, thank you, Dave, right? All right, so let's look at this. First of all, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is the perfect example of a burnt offering. Jesus Christ is the one who came down and said, all of me. He's the one who said, my father and I are one. He's the one who said, I never do anything on my own, but whatever the father tells me to do, I do. He is the one who in the garden, getting ready to go to the cross to be the sacrifice of for you and me, was the one sweating, not like me, but with drops of blood because it was so tense. And he's saying, not my will, God. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But not my will be done. Yours be done. All of Christ was offered to him. Now, here's what's crazy. The mystery of 2019, right now for us today, the mystery is that when you put your faith in Christ and his atonement and you have your sins forgiven and you get reconciled back to God. Remember last week? And then he fills you because you become his temple and God's spirit lives inside you. You know what that means? Jesus lives in me. And if you're a follower of Christ, that means Jesus lives in you. And if Jesus is the only one who could walk on this earth and say yes to God every single time, the perfect burnt offering, but if he's living in me, he now can empower me to do what I could never do on my own. And this is what I know you and I have a chance today to actually say yes to God. And here's what it says. Romans 12:1. it says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. Okay? Now, remember this. It always starts with receiving from God. God, all you have is mine. All you have is mine. You died for me. You loved me. You saved me. And then you think about that and you go... We, and the Bible tells us, we only love because he first loved us. So in view of God's mercy, so one thing we do, why do we gather here? Again, so that we can receive, we can worship him and be thanks and praise. Thank you, God, for everything you've done for me. But then in view of that, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to the Lord. This is your true and proper worship. How do we worship God? We say, all of me, God. You have all of me. Romans six thirteen says, don't offer any part. See, don't offer, because now we're here to offer ourselves, but don't offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. So again, right, what's he saying? You brought me from death to life in view of your mercy. I receive that. Offer what? Every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Offer every part of yourself to him. So if you came in today to receive, yes. To remember, yes. But did we also come in here to say, I'm bringing my burnt offering to the altar? I'm bringing all of me, every part of me. And this is why Jesus said, when he called, he says, if you guys want to be my disciples, you actually have to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. It actually is, this is how this works. You have to give all of yourself to me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. And guys, here's where I get super excited for you, and I I just, I want you to know this so badly. Last week, we talked about it. What God is offering you is himself all the time to lead you, to guide you, to strengthen you, to give you wisdom, to give you peace in tragedy, to give you hope, to give you love, to help you in every relationship. God wants to give every one of those things to you in every facet of your life, in your marriage, with your kids, in friendship, at work tomorrow, here at K2, all the time. But here's what I've discovered, man, in over 30 years of walking with him. To the level that you offer yourself as a living sacrifice to God. When you give God every part of you, you draw near to God. And God moves into your Monday morning. He guides you and leads you. He gives you the wisdom. He gives you himself. When you offer yourself as a living sacrifice, you draw near to God. Now I just want to say there's two ways that we do this, okay? There's two ways that we offer burnt offerings. We offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. The first one is I, and this isn't true for, this isn't a true experience for everyone. But I would say almost every Christian I've talked to who really walks with God would say at some point they had a moment like this. And that is a significant, life-altering, God, I give you all of me. Can I just ask you, have you ever, have you ever said, God, I give you? I'll be, I'll be totally honest with you, when I received Christ and when he forgave me of my sin, when he atoned my sin, I know this, in that moment, I was reconciled back to God, and I know in that moment, I was forgiven of all my sin, and I know in that moment, I was a child of God, and I know in that moment, I had eternal life, okay? You can have that, but I also know I still was kind of living my own life, <laughs> And as a follower of Jesus, I still actually was following what I wanted more than what he wanted. Anybody relate to that? Okay, every one of you should have said amen. Amen. But I want to tell you, after I was his child, there were times when God asked me for everything. And I don't have time to tell you those stories. Those of you who have been with me for a long time know them but a four and a half year relationship with the girl I loved with all my heart who didn't want to follow God, and I knew I needed to, I had to end that. I had to leave everything, the school I was going to and all the success I had, and I had to leave that because I felt like God asking me and go to Hodunk Asbury College in Wilmore, Kentucky. And I did that. And then I felt God saying, because then I'm like, okay, God, I'm, I'm your I am I'm want to do great things for you. I want to do great things for you. And he's like, oh, really? Would you go to Columbia back in the 80s in a communist-infested country where they're killing people who follow me? Would you go there for me? No. <laughs> no. No. And then he says, see, David, you want to do great things for me, but I don't have you. I don't have you. You're not a burnt offering yet. You love me. You're following me. Are you sure you want to be a burnt offering? Are you sure you want to give up every, every facet of your life to me? Your relationships, your future, your occupation, and maybe even your life. Do you want to give that to me? No, I did not. But after a long wrestle with God, standing on a golf course in Wilmore, Kentucky, I remember saying, God, if you want me to go to Columbia, all by myself for you, I'm there. And I want to tell you, from, I can tell you this, from that day forward, he has had all of me. Now, have I sinned since then? Nope, I haven't, it's been unbelievable. <laughs> Absolute, pure holiness. Just ask my family. (laughs) I sin and struggle like you do, but I hate it because he has all of me. I want to challenge you, man. At some point, have you ever offered yourself to God and just said, I want you to have all of me? You will never be the same. If you do that, now Jesus said you actually have to do this daily. So what does that mean for me? Can I? I'm going to give you two practical things that I'm doing right now. I have different things throughout my years, but these are the two ways that I try to be a burnt offering every day. Because if you actually have to take up your cross daily, that means you have to die to yourself daily. Okay. One way that I do that is every morning I just stop and I praise Him, and that's really easy right now because the weather's awesome and sunrises rock. And I get up every morning, and I do. I sit down, and I just go, oh, come on. You're just so good. But I just praise him. And I remind myself, you're good. You're righteous. You can't even do a wrong thing. You're always for me, and you love me. And I just praise him. I take, and I have only like 15 seconds, 20 seconds. I just tell him how awesome he is. And then I thank him. And thanks for this. Thanks for my wife. Thanks for my kids. Thanks for this house. Thanks for K2. Thanks for what happened yesterday. And I just thank him. And then the third thing I do, and this is kind of weird, but this is what I do, and then I just go, and I just raise my hands, and I worship him. And I picture these little kids who, walk, who run to their dad, right? Because <laughs> they're like, would you pick me up? So I raise my hands, and I just say, you know what, God, I want to look to you more than anything else in this world. I need you. Just like we're gonna, when you worship him, I need you. But then I lift my hands and surrender, and I just say, And I want to be a living sacrifice for you today. And lots of times I'll have my calendar right through it, and I'll think through every meeting, every encounter, everything that's going to happen for me that day, and I just lay every one of those things down, and I go, God, all of me for you today. And I want to tell you, man, some of you guys are just, and I I do, I struggle too, but I want to tell you, man, some of you guys, you come to church, you like, You do this church thing, and nothing changes your life. And it won't change your life until you offer your life. Until you're a burnt offering, a living sacrifice, that is your proper act of worship, okay? So that's the first sacrifice that they would offer. Now, the next two follow and kind of easily on the heel of this, if you're doing the first one. Here's a second offering that they would offer. It's called the grain offering, okay? Okay? Now, in the grain offering, really what they were saying was, all that you have, all that you've given me, God, I'm giving to you. All that you've given me, I'm giving to you. So this was kind of a unique offering, okay? Because it was the only one where there was no spilling of blood. They weren't killing any animals here. What they did is they took the bounty of the field, the grain, and they would make a bread or a cake, and it was always seasoned, but it was unsweetened, and it was unleavened, And they would take the offering, take the overflow of the goodness of God that he gave to them. They'd make this cake, and then they'd present it. And again, a piece of this cake was burnt, and then the rest of it was offered to the priests, and they would eat it. Now, why did they do this? The purpose of the grain offering was thanksgiving. The purpose of the grain offering was a voluntary expression. Okay, you didn't have to do this. You didn't have to do this. But what would happen is, Israelites would just be like, God is so good to me. Look at all that he's given me, and because he's given me to this, I just want to say thanks. Right? Isn't that any, that's like any of us. When somebody is just good to you, you want to say thanks, and sometimes thanks isn't enough, and you just want to do something. That's the grain offering. And the purpose of the grain offering was multi-layered. It was a simple act of obedience and thankfulness to God. It was also more involved, because you actually took, you were involved in creating something and giving it back to God. And then part of that was given for the priest. So, how does a grain offering relate to today? All I have, we've talked about this, all that I have is a gift from God. Everything you have is a gift from God. Your health is a gift from God. Your intellect is a gift from God. Your physical ability is a gift from God. Everything you have is a gift from God. And so when you have that, you offer it back with gratitude. Because you love him. And you realize, man, God, thank you so much. And so, this again, all you have is mine. You have blessed me with every spiritual blessing. You've given me so much. So, all I have is yours. And I just want to give back to you what you've given to me. So, how do you do this? Well, one would be your financial generosity. Because Everything, again, we've talked about this here. Every dollar we have actually belongs to God, and he's given it to you as a gift to steward. Now, let me just say real quick, the grain offering is not the tithe, okay? It's really different. I remember I grew up in a United Methodist church. Again, any other United Methodists in here? And we would give tithes and offerings. Tithes and offerings, because <laughs> they were different. See, in Leviticus, the book that explains all these offerings, it also says this. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It's holy to the Lord. So literally, you guys, when we, when we and we'll do this at the end of the service, we don't take offering in here. But as you leave, when you give your tithe, it's not an offering. A tithe is simply saying, God, that's yours. I'm just giving what's yours. I'm just not robbing you. That's all the tithe is. It's actually yours. And I'm giving back to you what is yours. It's so different, isn't it? It's so different to give somebody back what's theirs and to give a gift to somebody. The grain offering is the gift. It's not like, yeah, thanks for letting me borrow this. Here, this is yours. It's like, no, I want to give you this because I love you and I'm so grateful for what you've done for me. So in Philippians chapter 4, verse 18, Paul actually says this. He goes, I have received, well, actually, no, you know, go back. Pull that off. I'm not ready yet. All right. Because let me, let me just give you a different ways. If it's not the tithe financially, then how do we give a, an offering? Okay? Number one, every time you do an act of compassion, every time you see somebody who has a need and you pull out your wallet and you go, man, I want to help meet that need, that's an offering. Every missionary that you're supporting, Susie and I have missionaries, right? They're people who are out there, and the only way that they can do the work around the world is they need somebody who says, hey, I will help you do that. That's an offering. Any ministry that's outside of the church, we have all these ministries that are happening in the city around the world, and every time you give to one of those ministries, you just gave an offering. And just gracing people. You know, Susie and I have had at different times, we've actually had in our budget a line item. We actually take money out of our budget and we'll just stick it over here and we'll say, hey, whenever a need happens or any time we feel moved, we just want to have money, extra money, just to offer people and just to grace them. That's a grain offering. Now here's what Paul says. Now, Philippians chapter 4. He says, I have received full payment. So Paul's a missionary, right? He's out roaming around. He's going everywhere, all these different places, planting churches all over the place. And he says, I've received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts. Not the offering, not the tithe, I'm sorry, not the tithe. He goes, I received the gifts that you sent, and they are a fragrant offering and an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. Isn't that awesome? Do you guys know? That if you want to say, thank you, God, for everything that He's give, gives, just make sure you give back to him what's his. Don't rob him of what's his. But then take stuff and be generous. God is just gracious and he's pouring into you. And so bless people. And every time you bless somebody else financially, it is actually a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, and it's pleasing to God. That's how you draw near to God and get close to him. And here's God out there trying to change the world, and all he needs is people who will be give grain offerings, who will just help financially and bless so that the ministry that he wants to do in the world can happen. It's awesome. All right, number two, real quick, though, there's also offering your gifts to his body. Offering your gifts to the Bible. The Bible says that once you receive the Spirit of God and he's inside you, the Spirit gives you gifts. You have abilities. That, this was Kyle's story. Okay, So Kyle has a talent, he has a gift, and he's taking that and he's just using it. He's saying, God, you do whatever you want with this thing. And then he blesses you. Isn't that cool? That He blesses you and his family blesses you and our worship team going to bless you and people are blessing you right now. How many of you have kids in Adventure Canyon? Raise your hand. Keep them up. How many of you have kids, right? And there's a whole group of people blessing you. How many of you are staying awake because of the coffee that's helping you right now? Okay. Anyway. That's, those are small ways that we just do it just in this hour and a half. But what God is saying is, I have given every one of you a special gift, and you're supposed to be using it. And when you give it back and serve somebody else with the gift that I have given you, you do it to me. First Peter 4.10 says this, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received. See, and again, it's a gift that you received. Thank you, God. The only reason I even have this is because you've given it to me and you use it to serve others. It's not for you. God never gives you something just for you. It is a blessing to you, but it's always to serve others. You take what you've received and you give it as an offering back to God. And it's a pleasing sacrifice and an aroma to him. Wow. (laughs) Thanks, man. Next. Let's just do that for a while. Actually, that could not be a better uh, transition. That was Holy Spirit led into the third offering. Here you go. Here's a third one. You got the full burnt offering. You got the grain offering. All of me, all that you've given me, and here's a third one. It's called the fellowship offering. That's pretty awesome. And it just means all together. All together. In the fellowship offering, this was interesting, because again, totally voluntary, but it's a sacrifice of thanksgiving and fellowship that's followed with a shared meal. So every other time, you just go offer the sacrifice, and it's between you and God, but with this offering, you always did it together. So the purpose of the fellowship offering was to consecrate a meal between two or more parties before God, And you would share the meal together in a fellowship of peace. Because the Israelites, we are God's people, so let's come together and let's offer a sacrifice to God, but let's do it together in peace. And it was a commitment to each other's future prosperity. We're in this together. And it was festive and it was thankful and it brought people together to feast and praise the Lord. So how does the grain offering translate to today? I can just tell you, man, we're supposed to be drawing near to God together. You know, I know people say all the time, say, I don't have to go to church to go to heaven. No, you don't. Absolutely not. But I can tell you this if you're on the way to heaven, you're doing it in the church. Because he says, As soon as you receive me, you become a part of a body. You become a part of a family. It's never an isolated thing. And nothing pleases God more than his people loving one another. So when we think about all you have is mine, you know what that means? This is so crazy. If I'm going to be, in this offering, in this truth, all God has is mine. Well, guess what God has? You. He has you, if you're actually filled with his spirit. And that means I get you. (laughs) I get you. Man, I've been talking to people lately, and we know the biggest, one of the biggest issues in the world today is loneliness. People are so lonely. But what God is saying is not you should never be lonely if you're in the church because all I have is yours, and all these people are mine, and so they're yours. But that also means all I have is yours. So what does that mean? I don't show up on a Sunday and just come. Like, I love what Kyle said. He doesn't just show up on a Sunday and go home. Because all he has is yours. He's yours. Come talk to me. Be with me. I'd love to chat with you. I want to get to know you. That's the church. The church isn't just coming and offering an hour here. The church is we love each other. That's what Jesus said. And so this fellowship offering is actually an offering of ourselves to each other. And I want to tell you, man, nothing pleases God more than when his people come together and do that. This was the the offering of Christ. Okay, when we look at Christ, look at, this, look at what this says in Ephesians chapter 5. Follow God's example as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. See, when Jesus loved his father and offered himself as a sacrifice, he actually was doing it for us he was actually doing it for people unto god his sacrifice to god his offering to his father was to lay down his life for people and that scripture says you and i if we follow jesus and come on christians if jesus is in us then that means we follow and we are an example of that we lay down our life As an offering to God and a sacrifice to Him. This is our worship. By loving each other. That's how we do it. And so, I just want to say, in Acts chapter 2, is when the Holy Spirit filled people. You guys remember last week, if you weren't here last week? But in the Old Testament temple, as soon as Jesus offered the sacrifice for sins, the curtain was ripped in two and God's presence was now available to people. And what he told us was, I'm not in a building anymore. I'm actually in you. Okay? Now, if Jesus is in us, look what happens in Acts chapter 2. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together. And they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. And they broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Do you see what happens? You guys, when, when God's spirit gets inside a person. He moves us to be devoted to each other. If you're going to draw near to God, if you're going to be one with him, he loves people. And you guys, the church is a group of people who are saying, Ever, isn't that crazy? I know we can't do this today. Every day they met together. And they also were in homes eating together. And they were together and they shared everything. If you and I are actually going to draw near to God, if you're going to experience intimacy with God, if you're going to have all of his joy and his peace and his freedom and his love, then you must offer your body as a living sacrifice to him by laying it down for each other. Okay, so can I just give you? Here's a here's a, in closing. Here's a few applications. Number one, every Sunday, <laughs> like every Sunday, like see, when they were filled with the Spirit, they were devoted and they met together. And I'll just say this. So they weren't going, man. What what do we feel like doing today? You guys, want to go to church? I don't know. Yeah, let's go to church. No, if the Spirit is alive with you, you're devoted. You're like, I'm coming to lay down my life to love each other here today. I'm coming. <laughs> To offer my gifts to this place, I'm committed to worship God as a fellowship offering. Secondly, they were meeting in each other's homes. So again, you can stop by the Life Together table all around this valley. People are getting together in each other's homes. And this is where life together really happens. This is where the love happens. This is where the care happens. This is where the sacrifice happens. This is where you learn how to love one another. And again, at K2, with this many people in here, the only way you're ever going to experience God in his fullness is you've got to be in relationship with other people. And the Holy Spirit fills them up. They become temples of the living God, and they're together. And then... So here's what I want you to do. We're going to close with this. Everybody pull out your phone real quick. Everybody pull out your phone. I know you got one. Everybody pull out your phone. Here's our application. All right? As, As I was thinking about this, this is so simple. But every once in a while, somebody will shoot me a text and encourage me, and it will totally change my whole day, and I want to just give us one simple application today. I want you to think of one person right now—the first person that comes to your mind—and I want you to shoot them a text right now. This is when you can text in church, baby. Here's your chance. Every one of us, first person. Just think, God, who, who do I? Just put somebody. First person that comes to your mind: relative, friend, coworker. Let's all text them real quick. Let's encourage each other. Okay, and here's the other application, the last thing I want you to think about. Every day, I mean every week, they were were eating together. And I just know that one of the reasons we're so lonely is that very few of us ever take initiative. We're always waiting. We're always waiting for somebody else to invite us. I want to ask you right now, today, would you make a commitment to kind of live out what happened back then when the Old Testament, I mean, when the Spirit filled people, and they were eating together in each other's homes? I'd like for you to think of one person, okay, and you can write this person down. However, you take notes on your phone, send yourself a text, send yourself an email, put it in your notes, and I want you to think about one person that you are actually going to invite over to your house to eat together. Just to eat together. Just bless them. Get together, you guys. This is what God does, and he wants to draw us together. All right, now as Sally comes up and our team comes up to lead us in worship, here's what we need to remember. The heart of God is for the redemption of this world. God loves the world. And so he's looking for people who actually want to draw near to him who actually want to unite your hearts with God. And again, in Christ, in Christ, once we receive his spirit, we are one with God. And so you become partners with him, you guys. We can actually walk out of here, and we can use the finances he's given us as a grain offering and a blessing to anybody, any need, any person who's doing anything good and just bless You can take every gift that God has given you and don't use it for yourself, but use it to serve others. You can get out into the world and just your love and provide fellowship and community and love people. And most importantly, you can offer God all of yourself. God, all of me. And I want to tell you, if you will offer him all of your life, Jesus says, you'll find yours. Life. And I can tell you this, God will use you outside these walls to impact the world. To love people and serve people and lift up people and help God, help people to see that God really loves them. So, as we worship in view of his mercy, all that he is, is mine. And all that I am is yours. And even in this song that we're going to sing, it says this. I'm in awe of the one who gave it all. God has given you all of himself. And in light of that, we're going to say, And I stand with arms high and heart abandoned. My soul, Lord, to you surrendered. All that he has is yours. Now let's offer him all that we have. And together, in that beautiful relationship, the world will be changed. All right? Let's stand together and let's worship.